1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: And welcome back to fantasy sports today. It is Monday, so of course that means Monday night football. We've got the Rams and Bucks, two very good teams facing off tonight. In a battle for what could potentially be the first seed overall in the NFC. That is realistic with just a few games left to play. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pisapia, And I'll be looking forward to watching that game tonight. Definitely have some interest. One of my fantasy seasons is essentially on the line. Going to need 10 points tonight from Mike uh, from Mike Evans to win. Mm-hmm. And if not, I think my season is over. So that's what I'll be looking
3: forward to tonight. That's pretty reasonable. I think 10 is not asking too much for Mike Evans. <laughs> Who would think? I, I, how sad is that? What a miserable state of affairs. Yeah, I think he can get 10. I certainly Ten. hope he can get 10. Five catches Yeah. 50 yards. I mean, geez, yeah, We'll just hope he falls in the end zone. I think it's more likely you get the three catches for 30 agree, in the yeah. touchdown. That's probably more like That'll barely get you right over the hump. Maybe three for 35, I don't know, four for 35, or something like that. But, look, I, I think there's a little bit of pressure here on the Bucs because, you know, when Drew Brees goes out, you look at the Saints and go, okay, what's going to happen to the Saints? Well, when they went out there and showed you what happened to the Saints is they got a W at home against the Falcons. So the pressure, I think, swings back a little bit to the Tampa Bay Bucks right now. They are keeping pace, even with Drew Brees' injury, which, I mean, what a, what a tough injury, too. Uh, 11 cracked ribs. I didn't know I had that many ribs in my body. I didn't realize you could crack that many of them. Uh, that's a staggering number. I saw that this weekend and I couldn't believe that, but look, it's going to be a fun football game tonight. I too, I need some uh, points from the Bucks defense and Tyler Higby to slay the undefeated team, but I don't think I'm going to get enough from either. So I'm probably going to not be the, uh, the Kingslayer in flex this week and taking down Mike Randall of the action network. We'll find out, but uh, yeah, definitely a game worth watching for sure. You know how much I love the Rams, Craig.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, do you, uh, want to no, help people out no, tonight?
3: No, I have nothing to contribute to the Rams. Sorry, everyone. I mean, everyone. Well, I mean I'm just up. saying,
2: like, we could go the other way. Everybody could make a
3: little coin, you know? I mean, I, I, I no. wish. I wish. All the Ronald Jones, Craig. All the Ronald Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Fournette, good game the night coming.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. Uh, Rams, Bucks on Monday Night Football. Follow Joe on Twitter. Ask him who's going to win tonight's game. And
3: uh,
2: <laughs> and then Oppo, Oppo on, on, on the Oppo Rams. Oppo for with,
3: sure. So.
2: Yeah. All right, NCAA basketball returns on Wednesday. Looking forward to seeing that for sure. Very interesting schedule. Don't know how they're going to play. Don't know how they're going to get through it. A lot of back-to-back games against the same teams. I don't know what that will mean for betting. I guess that's why I watch SportsGrid to figure that out. Auburn men's basketball self-imposed postseason ban. No surprise there. They've been in all kinds of issues. Uh, This was a little surprising over the weekend. And then when you see Rays for anything, you realize, ah, they probably know what they're doing. Rays designate Hunter Renfro for assignment just a year after trading him. We'll get Mm -hmm. to that here in a sec. Uh, Also, Pope Francis to hope five NBA players for social justice conversation. So that's really nice to see. Back to baseball here for a minute. Hunter Renfro, Joe Renato Nunez were the two bigger names that uh, ended up not getting tendered a contract. They'll be free agents. Also, Trevor Williams for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who seems to make 20-30 starts in a normal year every year, so uh innings eater at the very least. But Henfro, uh, Renfro and Nunez, two names, Joe, that are more or less American League players probably at this Mm -hmm. point with a designated hitter. Renfro's a really good defender. Actually I take it back. Renfro's a really good defender. And so now he's out of a job. They're not going to want to pay him arbitration money four or 5 million, whatever it is. But uh, as, as I suspected a couple of not big names, but names that we know designated Mm -hmm. and Nunez over the last two years, I believe has 40 home runs. So uh, I, I would think that some team would take a shot on him. He doesn't get on base a lot. And so that's, The direction that Baltimore is going is like the Houston direction because Mike Elias is running the team there. But I would guess that both of those players could be on a fantasy team of some kind next year.
3: Yeah, I think Baltimore had a little bit of a squeeze too between Mountcastle probably being more of a DH type guy, and hopefully they're getting a healthy Trey Mancini back next year. So I think it was kind of like too many guys run out of spots. Let's just kind of you know make the the cut, the tie here right now. And I think Renfro will definitely be on a team. I would assume Nunez will find a home, and Williams will also. All three of those guys will find a spot on another roster. I'd be shocked if they did not. But uh, this is a vintage race, right? I mean, anytime you got to pay somebody and they look at it and they go, "Wow, well, it's really not worth it. Can we get this much productivity somewhere else? And they hit such pay dirt with Randy Rosarena. Now, I don't know how many eggs are going to be in that basket in 2021 of how much pressure they're going to put in that and what they're going to do or maybe not do because of who they believe Arena is. And that's going to be one of those great conversation because there going to be so much conversation in February March about speculating yep. on what kind of player that guy is because if you are right on him and you pay a good price for him man you're going to have a fantastic season if you're wrong for about him and you pay a high price for him it's going to really potentially set you back and it's going to be probably one of those polarizing guys all i can say is after watching him so much this year in the playoffs to me, it looks like a guy who at the very least can be, I would think, a, a second outfielder kind of a guy. I think he uh, – look, I love the kind of approach he's got at the plate. I love the level of swing. It's very different than what you see out there for a lot of these guys with the crazy launch angle stuff. And you're right, the Cardinals don't always you know, get things wrong very often, but – every now and then everybody takes a mulligan i think maybe it was just a matter of compression there and you hear some of the interviews and stuff like too maybe he wasn't the cardinals kind of guy i don't know but he's the race kind of guy because he's cheap and he's productive and that's pretty much all you got to be
2: <laughs> yeah and there, there's some people around the game who i've asked about a rose arena who are evaluators and they they said that hey this is one of those that st louis just messed up on and and they probably should have kept him and if that's the case, I can only believe what the people around the game think. And so this would be mm-hmm. one of those. I don't, I don't think this, this is an, an Aquino situation, but I'm also, I'm also not giving up on Aquino. I think they'd give Aquino some other spot to play, send him out to Cincinnati, give, give him to an American League team, let him be rowdy to let it, or you or know, just let him just <laughs> slam the ball as many times as he possibly can. Maybe you do get 30 home runs out of him. I, I, I don't want to see them giving up on Aquino completely like, without even giving him a chance. I I don't. I don't. He didn't even get a chance to show what he did last year or two years ago was real. All right, Broncos Dolphins, we'll break it down next. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Before we break down the Broncos and Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens just a couple of minutes ago uh, announcing that several members of their organization have tested positive for COVID-19. You know, they just realized this last night. They're doing contact tracing. Of course, they're supposed to play on Thursday night. So, we'll follow this story as we go, no different than any other story, with the exception of they're only three days away from having to play. So, we'll see if they are able to. And if not, we are stuck with those two miserable games on Thursday. But let's hope for the best. Let's hope we get a third. Wait, wait, let's to spend time these.
3: with our families instead? Is that what you're saying, Thursday night, where you have to spend time and talk to Could everybody? Be. Could be. Oh, no. Be. Get well soon, everyone.
2: Yeah, please. Ravens play Thursday. My gosh, we're stuck. Is
3: there a college game Thursday, Brett? I mean, usually there's, usually there's a
2: Mississippi, Mississippi State Thursday night. Is that the case this year or the egg bowl or no? I don't. All right. Okay. There is, there is a college one game. game. Good, there you right? go. That's really all I care about. As long as there's something. All right. Broncos <laughs> dolphins. Let's break it all down here. The amazing Denver Broncos who do nothing well, except for win at home for some reason, I guess it's altitude. It's got to be drew lock. Uh, Didn't look great in this game. 18 of 30, 270 passing yards and uh, threw an interception. Melvin Gordon actually had a shot for three touchdowns in this game, Mm. and he fumbled on the one-yard line to leave Miami that back door open to potentially win. Fitzpatrick threw an interception in the end zone, but Gordon had his best day as a Bronco. Phil Lindsay, 16 for 82. Tim Patrick was really the only receiver worth noting for Denver. Five receptions, 119 yards. Look, the Dolphins are more of the story here because Tua did not look good in this one and they ended up pulling him after just 83 passing yards and a touchdown. Fitzpatrick came in and looked fantastic right up until his final throw, which was an interception in the end zone and they lost. Salvan Ahmed, 12 carried, 43 yards and Devontae Parker, six receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I believe when Gaskin comes back, he's going to start to see a little bit more action. It could be back and forth with Ahmed there. Uh, look, and it, it's t- it's two stories here. The first story, Joe is that the Broncos, they could be 2-14, and 14, but they play well at altitude. I don't know why. I don't know how. They can be great. They can be bad. It doesn't matter. You saw that many years ago when they played the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just for some reason, they, they get home and they play well. And I don't think mm-hmm. this is an indictment at all of Miami. I think just Miami had an off game. They probably got tired in the fourth, like most teams do when they play there. Denver not only covers, but they win the game outright. In terms of Miami, you can imagine, Joe, what's going on here today. Everyone is, you know, circling a little bit here. Some of the national reporting is going to naturally say, oh, they shouldn't have pulled Tua. They shouldn't have taken him out. These are the kind of games that he's got to win. And and now Brian Flores is kind of forced to answer those questions as far as what they're going to do moving forward. Fitzpatrick answered the question yesterday by saying it's Tua's team. Tua's going to start next week. Flores said Tua's going to start this week, next week, whenever. But if you open yourself up to that by making that decision, you have to answer the questions, and that's where the Dolphins are at right now.
3: Yeah, and after the game, he said two is going to start next week. He was very clear in all of that. It wasn't a, a quarterback change as much as a, a quarterback move at the moment. But this was a prisoner of the moment kind of situation, isn't it, where things aren't going well, and you either let the kid figure it out on his own, and you think it's a growing and learning experience, or you're really desperate and you can smell a victory somehow. And you put the other guy, the veteran quarterback in there. And like you said, it got real close, but fell a little short there at the end. So yeah, I can understand this being a really good story here for a few days, but I don't know how much of a story it's going to be because we're know Tua is going to be the starter next week. Now, I guess the question is, how bad can be the Jets, right? I mean, that's the ultimate confidence builder because right. next week you face the Jets. So there's no way. The only time Tua is getting pulled against the Jets is if they're up by 30 and Fitzpatrick goes out there to mop up. That's that's possible. You could see him get pulled. In fact, if there's a line on it, I wonder if FanDuel has a wager of whether or not. To uh, finishes the game or not, because that would kind of be a fun one because you could say, well, he doesn't play well, he gets pulled, or maybe, just maybe, they're right. up by so much he gets pulled out on that one. That would be a fun uh, little wager here. Maybe we'll do that on the show. But uh look, Denver, like you said, I, I think we should change Drew Locke's name officially to Drew Locke didn't play all that great. That's pretty much his last name. Locke didn't play all that great. Like I feel like every yeah, week we, we get him, go, Drew Locke. Didn't play great all this week. Uh, And Melvin Gordon, who would have saw that coming? I mean, certainly not me. Certainly not you. Melvin Gordon having a good week here, too. Look, the, the Miami Dolphins have been on a streak. The streak came to an end in Denver. I don't think I want to take too much out of it because every year teams go to Denver that should beat Denver and lose to Denver and we all sit here the next Monday going what happened? Why? What happened? Are the Broncos better than we think? No, they're not. It's just this weird thing that happens when team goes to Denver and there's something about the altitude, there's something about the stamina, there's something whatever it is, by the time you get to the fourth quarter, teams just fall apart and it's so weird, but it happens every single year. Good teams, teams that should beat the Denver Broncos go in, travel to Denver and lose and I think. Me personally, this is a little bit more of that. But look, in all fairness to Tua, he's got to get rid of the ball a little quicker. There were obviously things there he struggled with. And the comments that he made too, uh, I didn't think playing in the NFL would, you know, this is you know, what he said. Basically, uh, I want to get it right. He said, um, it's not as hard as I thought it would be or something to that, uh, that uh, basic billboard material, if you want to put it out there, bulletin board material. I don't know if you want to buy into that at all, but maybe it's a little bit harder than you thought, kid.
2: Yeah, it could be. And by the way, Flores is from the Patriots camp, right? So Mm -hmm. they're trying to win every game. And by the way, in the five games they have left, would it shock you to see them go back and forth with two and Fitzpatrick? Wouldn't shock me. Why not? Just win. They're trying to win games and get to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. We know that Fitzpatrick's not going to be back there next year. They're in a position they didn't think they would be. Nobody thought Miami would be a 10 win team in 2020 they have a chance to be so just keep putting the guys in back and forth i don't th- who cares if tua plays well play him if it's patrick plays well play him do whatever you have to do to chance to win we know that next year will not be that so uh, i i don't think it changes things one bit i wouldn't be surprised to see both guys the rest of the year i and i'd be fine with it i don't i don't think it's a, it's a problem for fantasy but for reality maybe that's the way the dolphins go all right cowboys and minnesota vikings here The uh, Cowboys pull off a, not just a surprising cover, but surprising win outright. Andy Dalton uh, looked pretty good at quarterback for the first time I could say that in a year, 22 of 32, 203 passing yards, three touchdowns for Dalton and an interception. Zeke Elliott had one of his better games of the season too, although Pollard did run for a long touchdown, 23, uh, 21 carries, 103 rushing yards, two receptions, 11 yards and a touchdown there. Cooper with six for 81, CD lamb had a ridiculous catch in the end zone. Didn't do much else, but you'll take it. And also Dalton Schultz got involved back in the action for Dallas as they go to Minnesota and win outright. Now, uh, what happened to Minnesota in this one, their defense fell apart because offensively they were fine 22 of 30, 304 passing, 314 passing yards for cousins. He played fine. Three touchdowns cook rushed for over a hundred also caught five balls, scored a touchdown. Thelam who we talked about earlier in the day is one of the NFL's best wide receivers in 2020. And Jefferson three receptions, eighty-six yards, and a touchdown there. So, look, I was not rooting a- against the Vikings here, Joe, but I kind of, in a way, was just like I am glad that we do not have to sit here and listen to you talk about the Vikings like know, running the table and doing anything else the rest of the season. It look, Minnesota, fun, Minnesota is better than most people thought, mm-hmm. but they're 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 a, a, not really a great team here. They're eight and eight. Even if they get to the playoffs, they're losing in the first round um Dallas isn't good either but let's just get real with who Minnesota is but by the way defensively what in the world with the Vikings like this I thought That's the terrible. defense was great like going against Dallas just,
3: who would have thought that that injury to Daniel Hunter would be the end of the Dallas of the uh the Minnesota Vikings defense and I never said the Vikings were great I just said they're still alive. Oh, yeah. and and now, the are oh, oh Oh look at
2: the Vikings! Oh, oh look at the Vikings! Hey, yeah, look fine. at the Vikings! They're not good. Look at the Vikings! They're not good. They good. Well, they,
3: they were good enough. They're I mean, good. go here. They, they're they're done now. So now we can stop that. They're but not a lot done. Of they could
2: is- still finish eight and eight and get in. And, they added an extra
3: and, playoff Well, season. look, the fact that Green Bay lost certainly does leave the door open a little bit. But real quick of here, they're Ezekiel Elliott—they're not good. A couple first here, Ezekiel Elliott first hundred yard game of the season first rushing touchdown runs, Ezekiel oh Elliott gosh, I didn't even realize. first wait wait I got some more first for you listen to this I got all these notes uh, <laughs> every week I got the note uh, week five that's the last time he scored a rushing touchdown this is also the first red zone target for Dalton Schultz since week four which we talked about on last week show remember we did the little Jeopardy on Friday that was one of the answers so look at this all the first year for the Dallas Cowboys look, this better not be the last if you want to get back into this thing, but you want to right here, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you just outscore people. You can get to win this division. That's all you got to do.
2: I never thought Dalton was in the horrible category. I I always thought that he was serviceable, but not horrible. So maybe he can build on this. I mean, I think Dalton is a major step over like a Flacco. So Chargers jets. Speaking of which next, yikes. (laughs)
4: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Say one thing about the New York Jets this season. At the very least, if they go 0-16, they won't be going 0-16 against the spread. They end up covering for the second time this year against the Los Angeles Chargers, who are that gift that keeps on giving never covering a line as a favorite, like literally never covering a line as a favorite Los Angeles chargers. And that was indeed the case yesterday. The jets went up seven, nothing they got blown out and then came all the way back to make it close chargers with a safety in the end to secure that uh, cover. All right. So let's look at the charger stats, which were plentiful. Justin Herbert 37 of 49. Those are good numbers. 363, uh, 66 passing yards, 11 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Now, I would say the front runner for Rookie of the Year without a doubt. Kalen Balaj didn't do much on the ground but caught seven balls in this game. We'll see what happens when Eckler comes back next week. Keenan Allen, a monster day. Best wide receiving day of anybody this season, arguably. 16 receptions, 145 receiving yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams, four for 72 and a long touchdown. Also, Hunter Henry scored as well against the Jets. Now, for the Jets, they opened up with a 7-0 lead. Immediately, Joe Flacco throws a pick six. And he thought the game was over, but they came all the way back. Thanks to, yes, Frank Gore. A good game for Frank Gore yesterday. Flacco with 205, two touchdowns and a pick. But Gore had 61 rushing yards and was very vocal after the game about not wanting to go 0-16. He also scored a touchdown in this one. So did uh, LaMichael Perrine. Brashad Perryman, two for 54 and a score. Chris Herndon, two receptions, 32 yards and a score. And so basically, Joe, when you look at it, the Chargers are going to be pretty good as they always are for fantasy, but for reality, they virtually never disappoint, meaning that if you fade them, you're always going to come out on top more often than not. And from the Jets' perspective, I thought it was really interesting to see how important it was for Frank Gore not to go 0-16. He was like scared that this is going to be my final season and I'm going to have to go out Mm. like this. He's a 1,000 yards away from being the second overall rusher in the history of the nfl i don't know that he's going to get another opportunity he said yesterday after the game at 38 years old who's going to want to take another shot on me it's going to have to be somebody that really likes me otherwise he probably won't get an opportunity but he could still play a little bit he probably wouldn't be a running back on 27 teams in the nfl but there's always someone looking for a backup maybe he'll get another chance next year to come back if he wants to at 39 and get a chance but really more of our focus should be on
3: herbert who at this stage is a a starting quarterback in fantasy every single week. No, now he's a starting quarterback. He's probably a top 10 quarterback going into next year. I mean, right now, if I asked you, would you rather have Tannehill or Herbert? That's like right on the borderline for me. Like that's the questions. I mean, that those elite guys we talked about earlier in the show, you know who the top five or six guys are after that. It's gets a little more complicated. We're talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers another year into it, Tannehill. We're talking about what you think Joe Burrow is going to bounce back and be, but Herbert's been better than Joe Burrow this year. And, and I gotta say, this is one of the brighter spots I would think of the 2020 season is this kid who uh, i think a lot of people had reservations about at the very least has really come on and just been absolutely strong every week i mean it seems like this guy goes out there and those for 300 yards and and if you get bonuses in leagues when you have 300 yard games i mean my goodness this guy's put up so many of them and he's done it without eckler right and and if you get eckler back next week too that can only add to this offense now defensively they've got a lot for answer for i mean anthony lynn is a defensive coach they have a ton to answer for how they let these teams get back in all of these games I don't understand every they've game got good personnel they've got good personnel you look, look at the names on the roster these are names that people know even lay football fans they know the names they're just not playing properly and I don't know if it's a new coordinator or a new coach or whatever it's going to be but there's going to be some kind of change year over year because you can't have the offense play this well and have the defense continuously just give up points and give up points and let teams come back into it now I'll tell you what on the Jets side of things too uh, it's been unfortunate for Jameson Crowder owners because Perryman's kind of gone past since Flacco has kind of found him as his favorite target there. And I will make a deal with you, Craig. I will stop talking about the Vikings. If you stop talking about P Ryan, we have to let P Ryan go to it's week 12. He you got 10 points. a lot of go.
4: He <laughs> got 10 points. What's wrong
3: with that? I started. I him. don't know. I just, did you really, you really started? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a terrible team. You got to start the guys. i you, you what? have. Maybe it's a hot take, but I think Frank Gore will be back somewhere next year. I I, I know he's 112 years old, but he can help somebody on the bottom. Of, like you're like, well, you know, maybe just getting Frank Gore in there and be serviceable enough. Why not? I mean, Houston could use right. Frank Gore right now.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, they got David Johnson. What do they expect? But yeah, I I think that if Gore wanted to play next year as a backup in the NFL, I definitely think he could. The the thing is, it's going to require someone like Gase somebody like uh, McDermott, Buffalo's guy, like somebody who he's been with before, San Francisco, right. maybe Shanahan. You know, I, I think that's that's probably where, but I, I think he can. I think he, I don't think he's going to catch – I think it's – who's second? Is it Peyton? Walter Payton that's second? I think first is – Peyton's second. second Peyton. yeah. yeah, I yeah. don't think he's going to catch anyone else, but he can cement himself. And remember, running backs are not lasting nearly as long as Frank Gore. No one's going to ever it's catch that guy. How has yeah, he done this?
3: How has he done that? This? this is a stagger. I mean, running back shelf life in the NFL is, is short to begin with. He's going to be pushing 40 now. How is he still out there every week? It's my, and, and still pretty good. Like he's still okay. And that's, that's an amazing feat there. Yeah, Frank, Gore, yeah, sure. Frank Gore should be in the hall of fame just for being awesome. Like just, just, just for the He's, length he's of a, career he's a the first
2: ballot. It's not even a question. This guy is a first mm-hmm. ballot hall of famer. I, let me tell you, I covered him at the university of Miami, interviewed him oh, a I lot. Uh, never thought that he would be better than Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis, Edgerrin James. Mm. Uh, none of those guys. I never would have guessed that he would have been the best one well, of all of them. I, they I had all those guys go on the same team. Oh, <laughs> they had all but would the you, same would you say
3: Would you say that the Peak of Edger and James. I mean, Edger and James did lead the league in rushing back to back seasons. Would you say that Edger and James peak maybe higher than Frank Gore's peak, but maybe career? All three of those
2: players peak was better than Frank Gore.
3: All three I don't of know them. about. You think McGahee's was in the NFL? Yes,
2: yes. yes. Maybe I didn't know had. I, took, I know not had monster was. seasons. Yeah, McGahee yeah, had two unbelievable two. seasons. Yeah, but and then but there's Frank Gore. Out just long. Long. I along. Look. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who was who was better? Would you rather have the peak or the longevity? That's a fair conversation to have. Sure. But for me, none of those, well, Edrin's, a, is, Edrin's either in the Hall of Fame or he's going to be.
3: But he, this was his, was his first year team. eligible, I think. This past year was, I think, what well, he was the, the first year. He's going to be in the Hall, Hall of, Hall Hall of fame. fame. He should be. Yeah, absolutely. Be Portis was a great he's running back, too. People forget about how good Clinton Portis was. Portis had 1,500 yards rushing in that season. Yeah. I know.
2: Okay, Colts and and Packers. By the way, you know who Herbert reminds me of? I wanted to say this earlier. If you think about it and close your eyes and dream, he reminds me of Philip Rivers his first couple years. Like he's oh, doing the same thing. No. It was fantastic. Don't
3: 300 yards. Do don't,
2: don't do this He was You're on for 300, they're on for all these touchdowns, Drew Brees, you got to go. It's the Same thing. Anyway, all right, Colts and <laughs> Packers very exciting game. Packers Uh, Packers basically blew it, then the Colts basically blew it, and that's the fun game when two teams just can't get out of their own way in the end. Colts had like 10 holding calls. It was so insane. Phillip Rivers, 24 of 36, 288, and three touchdowns, one pick. Jonathan Taylor finally got that volume. 22 carries, 90 yards, four receptions. Pittman really didn't do anything except for a long, I think it was a 37-yard touchdown. It -hmm. seemed like the Packers were all out of sync, and then he ended up running for one, and then Trey Burton scored as well. But uh, the Colts' defense really was awesome in the second half, but terrible in the first half. And as you can see, Aaron Rodgers, all of these numbers here, 27 of 38, 311 passing yards, three touchdowns, one pick. All of these were first half numbers. He was, mm-hmm. they, they were up, they were up 28, 14 at the half. Aaron Jones, a quiet game, 10 for 41, four receptions, 30 yards and a touchdown. Adams, another big one, seven for a hundred and a touchdown. And Tunyon had uh, five receptions, 44 yards and a score there. So this game turned out to be a lot more high scoring, I think, than than most would have predicted. Scoring Mm -hmm. 60 points in a football game is not something that you can just throw on any two teams. And the Colts defense is among the best in the NFL. But for whatever reason, they fell apart in the first half. Packers in the second half, Joe, fumbled the kickoff. Uh, they, they, I mean, uh, Valdez-Scantling gave the game away. I mean, like, there's yes, just no other way to put it. He just literally mm-hmm. put the ball on the ground, and the Colts <laughs> ended up winning the game, and that was the end of it. But it was, it, was, it was a game where anybody could win, and it came down to the last minute. And, and to me, that epi- uh, basically epitomizes what you want in a football game. You don't know who, who's going to win at the beginning, and you don't know who's going to win with a minute to go. And that's what makes a great game. And so this one, to me, was the best game of the week.
3: Yeah, the, uh, the Green Bay Packers had not one, but two 14-point leads in this game that they blew. So, I mean, that you, you can't have that and win football games. Uh, and you're right, that MVS turnover certainly killed them. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it's great to see Pittman continuing to look good in this offense, too. I think it's very encouraging for those Dynasty League owners that have him in shares uh, for next year and even in this season, too, at the end of the year. I think he's become a guy that you can live with as a wide receiver three. Certainly has some touchdown upside, too. I know Philip Rivers wasn't healthy in this one, but he, you know, played through some injuries there. But at the end of the day, you know, Indianapolis found enough bounces of the ball. They were able to make a couple plays on defense. And I'll say this, too. I mean, it's fascinating when you look up and I ask you, who leads the Indianapolis Colts in catches this season? Receptions, who would you answer? I have no idea. Pascal? It's not. It's Naheem Hines. Oh leads? Hines, yeah, good that team. would have been a good guess. In reception, yeah, Hines so, is good. I, when he gets the ball, he looks good every time. Yeah, yeah. and Taylor had a good I game. I Taylor had a better game than he's had in a while here too. So I think, we'll I think see if Hines was given,
2: I think if Hines was given everything without anyone else, he could end up being really good. I like. I, I
3: agree. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that, that no options so. on the on the table. And I know you had a lot of. Hesitation coming into the season about the Indianapolis Colts. And I guess we're, you know, we're double digit weeks now into the season. Do you have those same reservations or do you think the Colts might be maybe a little bit better than you thought going in?
2: I mean, defensively, they're the best, probably best team in the NFL. So that could get them beyond the first round. I don't think they'd go beyond that in the, in the playoffs. And and I, and I thought in this particular case, I think the Packers gave away the game. I don't think the Colts Mm -hmm. won it. I don't think so. The, the Colts and how do you also put the Packers
3: been... too. I mean, the Packers gave away this game. Know, they didn't blow out Jackson better they to Minnesota. Them. I mean, the, the last couple weeks, weeks for the isn't here.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, they're not. I feel better about them this year than I did last year because they were just getting outgained in every game they played in last year statistically, mm-hmm. but somehow ended up with 13 wins. But I, I think they're a better team this year. But I think that unless they're at home in December I think they're gonna get knocked out I think they'll they'll be another and they could get knocked out early for me too they look they, they gave away the game in Tampa they immediately and they gave away this game in Indianapolis they should have never lost this game yesterday all right Kansas City and the and and uh, the Las Vegas Raiders I was so disgusted with the early games I did not watch a lot of this game admittedly uh Patrick Mahomes are pretty34 of 45. Uh, a 348-yard good games for Hilaire, Hill, and Kelsey. We'll get to the Raiders next.
1: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
2: all right welcome back i tried to rush through chiefs raiders didn't give it enough do so let me reset that back and go through this game real quick because it was a good one a lot of fantasy points involved all right let's take a look at the chiefs raiders from sunday night football patrick mahomes who probably is the favorite right now for the mvp in the nfl the guy just continues to have a great year and we should be talking about him more honestly 34 45 348 passing yards 16 rushing yards two touchdowns and one pick edwards hilaire one of his better games of the season 14 for 69 one reception eight Eight yards, two touchdowns. I think Tyree Kill, if I'm not mistaken, Joe, had like 16 targets or something insane in this game. 11 receptions a lot. 102 receiving yards and a touchdown. Kelsey also with a big game. Eight for 127. I played Hardman, of course, and that guy only had one catch. All right, over to the Raiders. Derek Carr, 23 of 31, 275, three touchdowns, one pick. He's had a nice year as well. Jacobs, 17 carries, 55 rushing yards, one reception, nine yards and a touchdown. Jacobs has had a nice year, but not quite the year that he had last year. Hey, Mr. Consistent, Nelson Aguilar, all this guy does is score touchdowns every week. Here he is again, six receptions, 88 yards and a score there. Darren Waller, seven receptions, 88 receiving yards and a touchdown for him. And Joe, the the Raiders, just like they did in the last matchup against the Chiefs, went toe-to-toe with the best team in the NFL and almost won. Last time around, they did. This time around, they did not, but not for lack of trying. And I think that sometimes you learn more about a team in a loss than a win. I'm feeling pretty good about the Raiders right now. I think they're headed for good things.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Gruden and Mike Mayock have done a great job. And a lot of people had a lot of jokes the last couple years about this organization going out there and bringing Gruden in, out of the booth again, and whether or not he had kind of, you know, missed his window or the game had passed him by. And Mike Mayock, who was a a TV analyst, giving him a general manager job. But you know what? Looks like these guys know what they're doing. After all, it, it looks like the Las Vegas Raiders really are a team that can hang with. I think the best team in the NFL is the Chiefs. So if you can hang with them, even beat them once you've got my attention. And the Raiders last year failed to put teams away that they should have beaten. They're doing that this year. And on top of which they're paying up to their competition and that was the one thing they did well last year with so look Derek Carr to me has actually taken a step forward too I think this was a very pivotal year for him so although they lost I think you look at this game you watch this game and his control of the offense his confidence in the offense his confidence throwing the ball downfield I know Henry Ruggs was supposed to be the guy that everybody was hoping for in fantasy it turned out to be Nelson Aguilar of all people, but outside of that one bad game in Cleveland, the dude just shows up every week ever since. And, and I gotta say, at a certain point, we have to give him credit, we have to give Carr credit, and we have to look at the Raiders as a real team that could go out there and maybe upset somebody in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs right now. If the season ended today, they deserve to be. And I tell you what, too, another couple pieces on defenses. I, I think Abram is a terrific young player. I was very excited about him last year. Unfortunately, he got hurt early in the season and then was out, I think, after week one or two. But watching him, watching some of the pieces they put together, Darren Waller, what a tremendous find off the scrap heap. This was a guy who was just set aside, just just pushed aside from Baltimore, right? And all of a sudden, Darren Waller, arguably one of the best tight ends in the NFL. The Raiders are a really good story. The Raiders are doing it with no big crowd in Las Vegas from all the energy of being in the new place and all that. The Raiders are for real, and you're right. We do not give Mahomes enough credit, even though he's the best right now doing it. He's only got two interceptions on the year, Craig. Guess who those two interceptions are against? the las vegas raiders
2: hmm. yeah he he to me is at this point we want to make someone else the mvp of the nfl it almost feels that way but right now i i think it is mahomes is to lose no doubt russell wilson with uh, some huge games down the stretch if he can end up getting there but I, I think my money would be on mahomes the rest of the way i hate to go chalk but it feels like that's the mm-hmm. direction he would have to go all right time for a little Fantasy or reality as we close things out here on this Monday. And let's get started with our first statement of the day. And let's start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers and their wide receiver, Chase Claypool, who, by the way, I, I mean, look, maybe he is the rookie of the year in the NFL, Joe. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. I mean, the guy's had a great year. Maybe he should be in that conversation. He's had 10 touchdowns through the first 10 games. He'll have 16 on the season. Is that fantasy or
1: reality? <laughs>
3: I want to say it's fantasy, <laughs> but the, the the pace speaks for itself, doesn't it? I, I just wonder as they get you know further on to does he sit in week seventeen and you know how much does he play in week sixteen? Like they, I mean, they, they could be wrapping up this division. I think that's why I kind of go with fantasy. I, I wouldn't put a pass him in reality because he could have another game where he has three and another game or two where he has two, and then we've hit it. They're like we're there basically. So Claypool's been terrific. This wide receiver class has been brilliant um Roethlisberger's played really well this year I'm gonna say it's fantasy but it would certainly not shock me and Claypool has been uh, I think one of these guys that no I didn't hear one fantasy analyst across the board big or small talk about this guy coming into the season and it's amazing when the entire community just whiffs and misses on a player And I guess everyone was on Juju bounce back it was on Deontay Johnson being good but I guess nobody thought a third wide receiver could be supported in this offense well, I guess they were wrong because Claypool is getting a ton of support
2: He's, he's just better in the NFL than he is in college. I think that's why yeah. it's so hard. He, he was good yeah. at Notre Dame, but he was not he was not this. Uh, and, and look, on top of it, he does have a chance to win Rookie of the Year. I think that's for sure. And also, at some point, we got to go back and we'll look at the history of the NFL in five years and look back and say, hey, Ben Roethlisberger, one of the best really ever. Think about all the receivers that this guy has mm-hmm. made. And, and look, they are talented in their own right, but Plaxico Burris, and santonio holmes i mean those two guys were fantastic with pittsburgh they went on and got big contracts elsewhere emmanuel sanders was there for many years in pittsburgh Mm -hmm, antonio brown and now he's making these guys great too i mean big ben is just say what you want but he's he's really he's he's been fantastic for them for so many years looks like he's heard every game going to come out every game and never does (laughs) so uh, i will also say let's see i will say 10 through his first 10 I, I will say fantasy because you made a good point about that last game of the year it's, it's even if pittsburgh doesn't go undefeated they, they're probably not playing for anything and gonna get a bye so yeah i i think it's fantasy too all right let's move on to the dallas cowboys andy dalton their starting quarterback boy two two weeks ago it was ben dinucci and gilbert and who's it gonna be and then all of a sudden boy dalton looked really good yesterday now look he's done this before with cincinnati there's been some years where they've been seven and two and you're thinking dalton's the mvp of the league and then he falls <laughs> apart but this is the nfc east we're talking about and the competition at quarterback is not all that good so let's ask the question <laughs> fantasy or reality andy dalton best quarterback in the nfc east right now fantasy or reality
3: Oh my goodness! You know he's not the best fantasy quarterback. I still think that's Daniel Jones. Uh, I just do. Right. Daniel Jones been able to run really the football. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but you know, there's a lot of ways you could take this question from a fantasy standpoint. No, I still rather have Daniel Jones. Absolutely, there's no doubt about that. For all his mistakes, I forgive him because he runs the football a little bit. Now Carson Wentz makes too many mistakes, so I can't say him. Alex Smith. Uh, I'm very excited that he's back out on the NFL field. I think that is just staggering. But, I guess, in terms of my confidence level of actual physical quarterback play at this point, oh, I hate myself already, but I feel like this might be reality. It might be andy dalton and and, and yesterday was encouraging. You know, I, I think we have to also understand that when a guy's played his entire career basically for one coach, in one place, that maybe it's kind of hard to go to another place learn a whole different system learn a whole bunch of stuff i mean really andy dalton was basically there with uh with with jones for all those years right with marvin lewis for all those years so you know yeah. i understand that it's kind of hard to teach an old dog new tricks but i kind of feel like here we are and maybe if you just give him a little bit more of a leash he's got so many weapons that maybe he can actually like i said before score their way into first place. And I think in this era in the NFL, you can actually do that. Now you can't win a Super Bowl that way. You probably can't win a playoff game that way. But I think you might be able to a terrible division, which might be the worst division we've ever seen in our lifetimes. I don't ever remember being here in all the years that sure. I've been covering football. I don't know about you. Did you remember something this bad? This is the, no, I'm no. going to say it's reality. I think Andy Dalton is the best of, of the four right now.
2: All right. So he, here is the question that I would ask before answering this question or making the statement fantasy a reality if I asked you who has had the better career to date between Andy Mm -hmm. Dalton and Alex Smith who would you say I'm just literally asking the question it's close
4: right I know either way
3: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Andy Dalton because Alex Smith even in the in the year where he was playing very well he got replaced by Kaepernick when they went to the Super Bowl so he didn't get to play there so You know, he had one great year or two great years with, or two very good years. I don't know how you want to categorize him with Kansas City, but Dalton was in the playoffs a lot. He just never won seven times.
2: It's very close for me. Um, Just to play contrarian on this one, I'll say no. I'll say it's fantasy. I'll say it's Alex Smith. Uh, Look, he's been super impressive the last two weeks. Maybe he's able to continue to build on what he's doing. You cannot rule. Look, as bad, as bad as I think Washington is, you cannot rule them out either. You can't rule any team out for the division. You just can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, that win for Washington yesterday over Cincinnati put them back in the picture. If Washington <laughs> loses, that's it. And they mm-hmm. won. And, and the Giants are still in it too. So I will say fantasy. I, I think that this is one good game for Dalton. This is maybe his first good game in over a year. And Alex Smith seems pretty serviceable right now with Washington. So I'm going to yes. say fantasy. I would take Alex Smith one. I would take Dalton maybe two, but I, I think Jones is right there too. I need to see Dalton one more week, have a good week. I, I can't go with him to just one. That's all he All right, let's move over to the Miami Dolphins. They make a another controversial quarterback decision. Some people thought a few weeks ago they shouldn't have taken Brian Fitzpatrick out at quarterback and putting Tua Aloha in. They did. Tua ended up winning three games in a row. Now, all of a sudden, the Dolphins went back to Fitzpatrick yesterday and pulled Tua out of the game. Fantasy reality, Brian Flores made a mistake on Sunday taking Tua out of that game.
3: I'm going to say it's a fantasy. Uh, and it's because... You know, sometimes when you have young quarterbacks, you worry about the confidence level. And I think sometimes you take a guy out, he starts to lose confidence. Tua doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that loses confidence very easily. And even if he did lose a little bit of confidence, he's going to get it all back next week when he plays the Jets. And the fact that the you know the coach right after the game said, no, two is the the you know quarterback, he just wasn't playing well. Look, the guy got sacked a ton in this game. He got sacked, what, six times in this game? Uh, and on top of which, too, you know, he was holding the ball too long. And and you know, Denver is a weird place and and weird things happen there. So maybe you pull him out, and say, hey kid, it wasn't your day. We we do it with pitchers all the time, but we never do it with quarterbacks. You never do this. And, and two is the future, two is the present as well. So I'm going to say Flores did a good job of trying to just win this football game and living in the moment and maybe being a prisoner of it. But I don't think that he made a mistake because I don't think it's going to have any long-term repercussions. I think this will be, by the time we turn the page to week 13 after the Jets game, I think it'll be a distant memory, Craig.
2: Yeah, he was taking a beating. I think that's part of it. The second part of it is Mm -hmm. this. If the Dolphins were 3-6 and and not 6-3, and I think this would be a mistake and you want him to fight through this thing. But I understand that the Dolphins are, are fighting for the playoffs. Remember, they've only, they have only made the playoffs one time under Adam Gates. You're talking about basically one playoff appearance in the next, uh, I don't know, like ten last 10 years, 15 years. So I'm going to say fantasy. I think that, that Flores made the right call, and I'm okay with him journaling these quarterbacks for the rest of the season to try and get them in. It's very important to make the playoffs. Look at the other team in South Florida, the Marlins. Uh, they hadn't made the playoffs in 17 years you're trying to build for a fan base for next year and what signal are you sending to dolphins fans if you're just punting on 2020 already and you're six and three to start the season so i totally get it i'm okay with whatever direction they want to go for the rest of the season this is not something that you can do next year you, you can't you cannot go into two after going 0 and one and if he's struggling start pulling him for a backup quarterback That's sending the wrong message. If you're 3-6 and and you're pulling Tua, that's also sending the wrong message because isn't this a development season anyway for Miami? It turned out not to be. They're better than people thought. I think he made the right call there. Fitzpatrick, he's going to win games for you. He's going to lose games for you. And in this game, he kind of won and lost in the game. We'll have the Sports Grid 60 next. Stay tuned. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid as we wrap things up. Just a quick reminder, we'll be right back here on the show tomorrow as scheduled. We'll be talking sports cards, what the Joe Burrow injury may have affected his cards if you invested in him, where do you go from here? So, plenty of fun stuff to get to on tomorrow's show, but we're not done yet. Let's turn it over to Joe. He's got the Sports Grid 64 Monday. Joe, what you got?
3: Well, speaking of Joe Burrow, I understand Cincinnati Bengals fans. You weren't winning a lot of games, but you certainly felt like you were in them. You certainly felt like you had hope again. And it's been a very long time since the Cincinnati Bengals weren't a punchline. And I think this was the first year in a long time that it really felt like they were not. And then you lose Joe Burrow here to a terrible knee injury. I can't imagine the collective Bengal fan base watching that injury and not feeling like, oh no, there goes our future but hopefully Joe Burrow will be back and hopefully the Bengals will be too as This league continues to get more and more influx of great young athletic quarterbacks and Joe Burrow seems like the kind of guy that's not going to let any injury or anything basically get in his way. And it was also a great gesture there by a couple of his old Ohio State teammates and Terry McLaurin and Chase Young going over there and wishing him well too. So the great camaraderie, great moment there despite a terrible situation. So Bengals fans, I got it. I understand you've waited a very long time to be good, to be relevant again And I I understand you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. So hang in there, Bengals fans. Joe B will be back, and the Bengals will too, eventually.
2: All right, I never want to push NFL or even college games during the COVID era, but I am really brooding for the Baltimore Ravens to get healthy. Now, we do not have a good Thursday slate coming up here in the NFL, and our producer, Brett Levy, has done such a phenomenal job all year Until he literally just lied to us and told us there was a college football game on Thursday night. Because if you consider New Mexico at 0-4, at Utah State 0-4, a college football game, I do not. So please, Baltimore Ravens, do whatever you possibly can to get healthy so we can watch you on Thursday night against the Steelers. Otherwise, as Joe mentioned earlier in the show, we'll be talking to our families a little bit more. (laughs) If you're doing that on Thanksgiving night. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to our friends at LTN, of course, for Danny and our producer, Brett Levy, and my co-host, Joe Pizzapia. I'm Craig Mitch. Hope you have a great Monday. Enjoy Monday Night Football. We'll talk to you Tuesday at noon Eastern. See ya.